Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Guys, it's summertime, which means I am very, very happy because if you know me, you know how much I hate being cold and I'm cold all the time. And so summer is finally my season where I can be comfortable. I don't care if I'm hot. I will pick hot over cold any day of the week. Um, I may feel differently in five to 10 years. I may change my mind and I reserve that right. But for right now, I am enjoying all the weather, all the warmth, all the summer, all the sun. And so today we are talking about vacation eating because most of us are going on vacation this summer. And I want to make sure you guys are ready. You're prepped, you're prepared, you're thinking clearly, you've got your goals in mind. And before... I get into our whole vacation, my top 10 vacation eating tips. I thought I would share a story. This actually happened a couple weeks ago and I've been holding out on you. I haven't told you the story yet. I was just waiting for the right time and I think that time is now. So you guys know, based off of listening to this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you know that there's always something crazy going on here and I like to share those stories with you because I think it's important that you know who you're listening to. But this is not a story about me. This is a story about Jim. And I hope that you find it entertaining because I could not stop laughing. And again, I think it's important you know our family better. Um, So that way when you see us, meet us, talk to us, you know what you're getting into. I think that's only fair. So a couple weeks ago, we were um, going to my son's track meet. It was actually on a Friday, so Jim and I took off work so we could go watch uh, the district meet. And um, probably, I don't know, about a half an hour before we were supposed to leave to drive to the meet, uh, he gets a text from one of our tenants saying that there is a bat in her house and he needs to come over immediately and retrieve it. She has trapped it but now he needs to come and get rid of it. And he's looking at me and he's like, oh my goodness, you're never going to believe this. I got to go get this bat. I don't even know how to go get a bat, but I'm going to go get a bat. How much time do I got before we have to leave? Which I probably say you've got 35 minutes to figure this out and you cannot be late because we can't miss this. You already know if you've listened to any other episodes, how much I love track meets and how excited I am to to be able to watch my kids run. So um, he's got 35 minutes. So he grabs a Home Depot bucket and he drives to the next town over to our rental unit where he is met with, um, he meets the lady. So first of all, let's just back up a second though, because she, so lady, older lady, I might add, has trapped a bat. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not going near a bat. If there is a bat in the house, I'm leaving the house. In fact, I'm going to be moving. 
And I guess I should be thankful that she's not moving out because apparently this happens. It's like bat season. Uh, but did you know bats are really protected? Like you can't hurt them. Now, if somebody calls me to go retrieve a bat, I guess I'm going to jail because I- I'm not protecting the bat. Like I'm going to get rid of it. But she is I don't, I don't know if she likes bats. I think she just likes animals. So she has trapped it by putting a cottage cheese container over the bat. And so when Jim gets there, she tells him, all right, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you got to figure out how to put the lid onto the cottage cheese container and remove it. And he's like looking at her like, what? (laughs) How the heck am I even going to do this? She's like, well, you probably want to get gloves on because it might have rabies. He's like, all right. So she goes downstairs to get something. I guess this is in our attic. I don't know. Um, And he is thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? He's thinking, I'm the only one that's going to do this. She's not doing it. I I don't have time to call somebody because if I'm late, to get home to this track meet, my wife is going to lose her mind. So he chose correctly. He worked quickly. I will give him that. You know, he knew that, you know, either get bit by a bat by working quickly, um, but get home to your wife on time or take your time. The guy chose wisely. So anyway, he quickly puts the lid underneath. I guess he slides it under somehow, puts the cottage cheese container inside a Home Depot bucket and drives it then to our house because he figures I'm going to release it here. At least there's some woods around us where I don't want to release it near the rental unit because what if it just finds its way back in? So he gets home and now he has to come up with this decision like how do I get the bat out? He doesn't even know if the bat is still in the cottage cheese container at this point. He just knows that there you know, is a potential for it to be in the container which is inside the Home Depot bucket. So he comes up with a plan. At this point, he's got like five minutes to figure this out because we need to leave. I don't know any of it. I'm inside, you know, probably cleaning up. But um, this poor guy is having to make very huge decisions very quickly. And so he kind of opens up the lid a little bit as much as he can without pulling it off and decides to throw the bucket up into the air as high as he can and then When the bucket lands, hopefully it'll be with enough force that the lid will fly off. And hopefully, you know, the cottage cheese container will also break open and the bat can fly and go find a new family or go do what it needs to do. That's the plan. All right. So he throws it up in the air. The lid flies off. The Home Depot bucket goes flying and then out rolls the cottage cheese container. Still intact. Unfortunately, the impact did not open the lid of the cottage cheese container. So now he's like, great, what am I going to do now? Now I got to try to figure out how do I get this bat out of the container? Again, protected. Me? I'd throw the whole container like in the river with a rock tied around it. And we would just say our goodbyes. But this is why Jim takes care of things and I don't. So he ends up trying to like just gently as like... It just makes me shudder thinking about it. Tries to open just a touch of the lid. And then he quick runs away and he throws the Home Depot bucket at the cottage cheese container. Thankfully, that is enough force to pop up open the lid. And he said the bat 
flies out immediately and immediately starts flying towards his head. (laughs) And he said his first thought, which obviously isn't true, but his first thought is, how does the bat know I'm behind all of this? It's like coming to attack me. It's always funny when you like when you go back to like what your thoughts are when you're in a stressful situation because they don't necessarily make sense, but they are sure funny afterwards. But thankfully, at the last second, the bat made a turn up into the trees. Bat survived. Jim survived. And we got to the track meet on time. So it all ended well. But again, (sighs) Jim can now add bat retriever to his resume, which... I don't know a lot of people that have that that um, that notation. So very, very proud of him. He did a great job. He's like my own personal MacGyver. He just figures things out, and um, he's my hero. So if you see Jim, give him a high five. Tell him great job with the bat. He'll have no clue why you know this story, but um, we'll just leave it our secret. <laughs> so... Okay, let's go back to why you're actually listening to this podcast. I could give you stories for days about Jim, but that would need to have its own podcast title and not quite ready. I haven't compiled all the stories yet for that. So instead, you're going to get my top 10 vacation eating tips. And I've done vacation eating podcasts in the past. So really what we're going to do is we're just going to give it the top 10 list. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. If you want more information or you want me to go into detail more about these tips, you can listen to um, the previous episodes. I think I did one in 2022 over the summer, and then I did one in 2020 when the podcast first started. So I'm kind of taking a highlight reel here of some of the tips. Um, Like I said, top 10 tips and um, giving you the highlight. So just as a good reminder when you go on vacation this summer what are some of the things that you can do to still be your healthiest stay on track with your goals but also have a great time so tip number one be honest with yourself what do you really want and what I mean by that is what do you want in terms of what are your health goals for this vacation are you trying to stay on track with everything? Are you okay with just maintenance while you're away? Or are you okay with going backwards a little bit, like maybe gaining a few pounds or having your blood sugar be a little bit higher than normal? Uh, For me, personally, because we don't travel very often, I'm okay with gaining a few pounds on vacation. I give myself double or triple the time to take the weight back off, meaning if I gain two pounds on vacation, I'm going to give myself about two to three weeks to take off those two pounds. And I'm, I don't even feel bad about it. I don't think, oh my goodness, I got to get this off right away. No, I'm going to give myself plenty of time because I don't want to do anything drastic when I get home um, because I know from the past restrictive cycles are usually followed by binge cycles. So I just don't even play that game anymore. But I want you to be honest with yourself. What do you want to come out of this vacation? What are your goals? I honestly believe there is a lot of gray space between, you know, 
hitting your goals hard, even while you're on vacation, not eating out, staying on track, portion control, everything. And it's a free for all because, hey, we're on vacation. We're going to eat whatever we want. And, and we'll just worry about the consequences later. Like there is a lot of gray space between those two extremes. All right. I don't think you have to abandon your goals. I think you just have to adjust them. But I want you to adjust them realistically. Figure out what is your motivation, right? What do you really want out of this trip? Like for us, when we go away, a lot of times it is very calculated and planned out. Usually we're going. We like we've got different excursions planned, whether that's like hiking or biking or swimming or going and visiting this place or or checking out this place. Like our vacations are pretty much trips. They're not just land in a spot and see where the day takes us. Like we've got we've got itineraries. And so my motivation is I want to feel good. I do not want to be the weak family member that holds us back because I don't feel well or I'm tired or I'm feeling sluggish. I want to be the family member that's, you know, right up there in the front of the pack, like ready to do everything. And so my motivation when I go away is I still want to feel good. And I know that when I completely just throw away all my healthy eating habits, I don't feel good. I feel tired and sluggish. I feel constipated. My stomach hurts. I feel sick. And we don't go away often. So I don't want to feel any of those things while I'm away. I want to be present for all of it, excited for all of it. And so, you know, thinking about what are my goals, I'm okay if I gain a couple pounds eating foods that I'm not used to eating. But I also don't want to just you know, throw all caution to the wind and not feel good for the trip. So that's my motivation. But whatever your motivation is, is okay. There's no right or wrong answer with any of this. My only suggestion is just be honest. What do you really want out of this? What are your expectations? And then once you figure that out, it's easier to make decisions based on your why. All right. So that is tip number one. Tip number two, you've heard me talk about this many times, but it made the list because it's important. It's find a grocery store. All right. If you have your own car, great. If you have rented a car, great. This is an easy thing to do. If you are getting a hotel and staying put for the week, you may want to try to find a hotel that's within walking distance of a grocery store. It really just gives you alternative options right? A lot of times when my clients go on vacation, they just assume they're going to go out to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all meals, which number one can get expensive, but number two can lead to larger portions and maybe unhealthier food items. So going to the grocery store is just a great way to ensure you can get some of those healthy staples, whether it's pre-cut fruits or pre-cut veggies, single-serve yogurts, cottage cheeses, hard-boiled eggs, um, cheese sticks, crackers, whole grain breads, uh, oatmeal packs, like just a few of those healthy staples to balance out the other options that you may be getting at a restaurant. All right, so when you can find a grocery store, take advantage of some of those healthy pre-cut 
uh, single serve options. And then you know that it's not a complete total reliance on restaurants for your food choices. Tip number three, uh, in your bag, pack a cooler bag with some Ziploc bags. All right, so we have an insulated cooler backpack, but if you don't have these, you can just take like a lunch bag. And this is great for when you are out and about uh, that you can pack some healthier options that have a, um, that can be in a cold space. Sometimes it's hard and challenging to think of a lot of shelf-stable snack ideas and meal ideas. So being able to have a cooler bag is great, just even if it's for water alone, that can still be really helpful. If you are going on a road trip and you have your own car, then it's easier to just pack ice packs because you could stick them in your freezer, whether it be at the hotel or in like an Airbnb. But if you are flying somewhere, then um, I always just recommend packing Ziploc bags because you can use the ice machine at the hotel. You can fill up and make your own ice packs with the ice cubes and then stick that in your cooler bag and um, and be on your way. So um, again, if you have space, pack a cooler bag, flatten it out. If you can get a backpack, even better because it'll be something you'll use often. Tip number four, eat breakfast at home or in your hotel or in your Airbnb. So breakfast, I always like to look at as a recommitment to your health goals. Uh, but especially if your plan is to be active and to be out and about, you want to feel good. And so starting your day with a breakfast with some type of protein included is going to make you feel better and more satiated than, you know, maybe starting your day with a donut. Now, that's not to say we don't ever eat donuts because we do. In fact, if you want the best donut, well, in my opinion, that I've ever had, it was in Portland, Maine. They're potato donuts, and ugh, like it's almost worth driving the 13 hours just for a potato donut. But I think it's—I don't even know what the the shop was called anymore. But there was a line out the door, and rightfully so, because they were the best donuts. Um, but for the most part, we eat breakfast either if our hotel offers it, um, which they have a lot of options like oatmeal and fruit and scrambled eggs. Um, or if we're in an Airbnb, a lot of times we'll just get eggs and then we'll also get, um, boxes of cereal with milk or yogurt and granola and fruit and we'll make parfaits. But, um, breakfast is one of those meals that it's easy to make at home. Nobody really complains maybe just because we never really go out to breakfast. So my, my kids aren't always like, why can't we do breakfast out? They just kind of know it's a meal that we can do quickly at home and then be on our way with whatever we want to accomplish that day. So, you know, if you can get one of your meals at home, it's better than, than no meals at home. All right. We'll take the win wherever we can get it. All right. Tip number five, watch the large breakfast, large dinner routine. So a lot of times when we're on vacation, we eat like this big, huge breakfast, and then we may skip lunch or just eat a snack at lunch, and then we have this huge dinner as our entertainment for the evening, which, again, nothing wrong with going out to eat, um, but watch the big, giant dinner portions right before you go to bed. So 
from a weight management standpoint, not your best choice eating big meals right before you go to sleep. Obviously, the body can't process all that um, at one time, so it's going to be put, throwing things into storage just to give it a space to land. Um, but you may notice, too, when you have the larger meals at night, you struggle with reflux, and you don't sleep as well. And then that impacts how you feel the next day. So um, try to be eating on a routine as much as possible. Uh, keep your regularly spaced meals and snacks as long as you can. Uh, but, you know, maybe join the senior citizens and eat dinner earlier so that you're not putting all those calories into your body right before bedtime. Like I said, probably just won't feel your best, and that might impact how you, how you show up the next day. Tip number six, when you can't control the what, control the how much. So this is really helpful when you go out to dinner uh, at a restaurant. You don't always have control over what ingredients they use, but you can always control how much you eat. Uh, same thing if you go on vacation with other families or other people, and maybe you each take a night cooking dinner. You can't always control how heavy-handed they are with their butter and salt and sugar, but you can control the how much. So again, it's not a, well, I, there's nothing I could do. Somebody else made this meal and I had to eat it and I didn't want to offend them. Those are all true statements. But that also doesn't mean you have to eat three plates of it. You could stop at one plate. All right. If you're going out to a restaurant, you can still do a Google search first before you go and look at the menu so that way you're not walking into a situation hungry and trying to make good nutrition choices at the same time. One thing that we like to do when we go away is eat family style. We try a bunch of different things, and that way everybody gets a taste, but you don't necessarily need a huge meal. Every single person doesn't need a huge meal. We all know that portions at restaurants are way too big. So maybe we'll get, you know, for seven of us, maybe we'll get five dishes. And then we'll just kind of all pick off of them. It's usually plenty of food. And let's be honest, if it's not, they'll end up grabbing some snacks at the end of the day if they need more food. But I know for us, it's plenty. So if you're at a new place and you're, you're excited to try all the things, maybe consider eating family style so that you get more selection, but not the large portions to go along with it. All right. If you're looking at the menu, a question you can ask yourself is, what can I order that I won't feel compelled to overeat? You know, that might be a really helpful determinant of what you finally decide to order. Uh, if it's something that you really struggle with, maybe, maybe somebody else eats that and you just have a couple bites of theirs. Um, I know I do that with my kids and french fries a lot. Like I'll order a different side dish and then I'll just take like a French fry or two from whatever kid ordered it. They always give me a hard time, but I don't care. I tell them I'm paying for it, so they don't really have a choice. But it allows for me to taste the French fry, which is what I want, but not necessarily have a whole plate of them because I can, I can eat some French fries. I do like them. All right, tip number seven is don't forget your mindfulness. Just because you're 
on a trip just because you're in another state or city or country or continent doesn't mean that we throw all mindfulness out the window. Remember, mindfulness is being present in the moment. It's really what we want on vacation. We're trying to get rid of all the distractions. We're trying to get rid of all the stress. And we're trying to just be in the moment with our friends and our family and the people we care about most. So if that's the case, make that true in your eating as well. Slow down, right? There's no race. You have nowhere to be. Well, you may have an itinerary, but honestly, you have nowhere to be. Sit down, slow down your pace, put your fork down in between each bite, chew your, th- your food thoroughly, pay attention to how it tastes, move the food around your mouth, enjoy the flavors, enjoy the company, enjoy the experience. We are not in any rush to move through this. The faster you get through a meal, the faster you are to going home. All right. And most of us just want to prolong and extend vacations as much as possible. So look at your eating opportunities as, you know, another opportunity, for lack of better words, to practice mindful eating. If you can't practice mindful eating while on vacation, what makes you think that you can do it at home when you've got all the stressors in your face? It's a great time to practice. All right. So again, we're going to make sure we're always seated. Um, When we eat, we're going to make sure we're slowing down our pace. We are savoring our food. We're not distracted by screens when we're eating. We're engaged in conversation and smiling. Uh, We're making sure we're in a good mood before we just start eating. And we're going to be present and just enjoy the moment. I remember... Oh, gosh. Well, this was 20 years ago because it's uh, we'll be celebrating our 20-year anniversary this year. Um, but I remember the best advice I got on my wedding day was don't wish for anything to happen faster or to happen next. Like when you're getting your hair done, just enjoy getting your hair done. Don't be thinking about the ceremony. When you're at the ceremony, enjoy being in the presence of the people you care about most and and enjoy saying those vows to each other. Don't be thinking about the reception. And it really made me enjoy the day. And I'll be honest, I have some really great memories of my wedding because I made it a point to remember and lock in all those really important details. Whereas if I was so distracted by thinking about what's to come. I don't know if I would have those same memories. And same thing with on vacation. Like, yes, I know there's stressful times. You know, I tend to only remember the good parts of vacation. I tend not to remember the times that were stressful, which, you know, I think is a gift. (laughs) We're able to block that out. But, um, but I want to be present for all of it. I feel like I'm in crunch mode with time, you know, with these kids growing up so fast and and they're going to be out of the house and they're already starting to be out of the house and not be home as much. And I'm, I feel like I'm just trying to hold on as tight as I can to them and the experiences with them. So, you know, let mindfulness be not only part of your vacation, but like I said, you're eating too and just 
really focus on the moment and and enjoying it versus wishing for the next part to come. All right. So let's see here. Oh, the other part with mindfulness, I know I'm kind of taking a little bit of extra time on this tip, um, is we don't need to worry about portion control when we're engaged in mindful eating. So diet culture tells you that you have to pre-measure all your food out because you can't trust yourself around it and you only can eat a certain volume of food. But intuitive eating and being more present and mindful about your food choices allows your body to tell you when it's had enough. And we know this to be true because let's say you're at the beach and you get fudge, right? I used to love fudge, right? We always have to go get the, the free sample of fudge when we're on the boardwalk. But when you have fudge, fudge because it's very rich and dense and, and really, really sweet, you can't eat a lot of fudge without your body telling you when it's too much. Like you physically get ill. And you get ill eating fudge a lot faster than you get ill eating a fruit salad, right? Like your body gives you those signals sooner with fudge based off of the ingredients than it does with another food. Now, there is a point in time where if you are eating obscene volumes of fruit salad, your body will also give you a signal that it doesn't feel well, right? Like we don't ever have to worry that we're going to miss a signal. Your body will tell you when it's good. Your only job is to listen and honor. So many of us, we get the signals. We know when we're at our stopping point, we just decide to ignore them because, hey, we're on vacation and anything goes on vacation. And we can just eat ourselves into sickness on vacation because it's vacation. Let your body tell you when it's good. When you learn that concept, eating becomes really simple. Because all you have to do is just listen and honor. That's it. And so you can be on vacation. You could be at home. You could be on another continent. You could be in your backyard. And the rules will always stay the same. The problem is when we engage in such, you know, radical dieting behavior is of course we're going to be looking for the first opportunity to escape because it's hard and it's terrible and we're hungry and we are missing out on all our favorite foods so then we go on vacation and we give ourselves an open pass to do all the things that we don't let ourselves do at home but that doesn't make us happy either because now we just don't feel well And then we're stuck in this like, well, now what do I do? I'm not happy restricting. I'm not happy eating everything to the point of sickness. So where is the middle ground? And it's called mindful eating. It's called intuitive eating where you just naturally choose foods that you like and want and feel good eating. And you do it in the quantities that feel best to your body. That's it. Don't make it more complicated than it has to be. So tip number seven is mindfulness follows you on vacation. Tip number eight. 
All right. This is for those that are going on road trips that will be in their car for a significant amount of time. So one of the things that has helped me significantly is we pack food for the road trip. Of course we do. Um, listen, there's McDonald's at every rest stop. doesn't matter if you get off at exit three or exit 273. There will be a McDonald's waiting for you if you get off the exit. And so when you're hungry, when you're tired, when you're sick of being in a car and you're looking for, you know, something to do, a distraction, a rest stop, a place to eat, McDonald's will be your option. They jam it down your throat. They're great at that. But if you pack food, you have an alternative option. Okay. So we always pack a big cooler in our trunk. I usually have stuff to make sandwiches in the cooler. So just a loaf of bread with some like turkey and cheese and mustard. I always pack a large gallon bag, uh, two, one for vegetables and one for fruit. Inside the vegetable gallon bag will be four sandwich bags of different vegetables. So a lot of times it's like carrots and cucumbers, tomatoes, and peppers, bell pepper strips. And I'll cut them all up. I'll put them inside the sandwich bag. And then I can usually fit four sandwich bags inside the gallon bag. And so what's nice about having variety is it keeps you engaged longer. Meaning, if all I did was pack a gallon bag of carrots, I guarantee you, after five baby carrots, nobody would want carrots anymore for the rest of the trip. But if I pack a small bag of carrots and bell pepper strips and cucumbers and tomatoes, then once you get sick of carrots, it's not no more vegetables. It's, okay, well, actually, why don't you hand me the bag of grape tomatoes? I'll eat some of them now. Variety is helpful. I do the same thing with fruit. I pack a gallon bag, and inside that gallon bag is four different fruits. Uh, grapes always um, travels well. My goodness, I'm not speaking well at all today. Grapes always travel well. Um, I will also do things like blueberries. I will do strawberries. I don't do a ton of melon just because I feel like that needs a fork. Um, but I will also pack things like peaches or plums. I know they get a little sticky, but at least they're in, they're like single serving because they're just a piece of fruit. Um, the other stuff I'll put in the Ziploc bags, but that also makes things really easy. And again, the variety helps with keeping you engaged and wanting to eat it. We also pack our water bottles and I will put, um, two or three gallon jugs of water in the trunk and then I'll put one in the cooler so that way it's cold and we can do our refills from there. So we do try to eat a lot of our food out of the cooler on our trip there and then I can go to the grocery store right before we leave so we have enough for the drive home. Uh, speaking of road trips and speaking of traveling, tip number nine is water right? A lot of times we will intentionally dehydrate ourselves because we don't want to stop more frequently. But listen, your stops are for movement breaks. They're to pee and they're to move around. So we have a rule in our house that um, anytime we do a rest stop, we have to walk around the outside of the building. Some buildings are, are larger than others. 
and it's okay because it allows us to stretch our legs and move and get some of the uh, the restlessness out of our body. So I don't, I'm not upset when we have to stop to go to the bathroom because I know it's an opportunity to move. We're not going to the vending machines. We're not going inside of the food court. I got plenty of food in the car. What we are doing is we're keeping ourselves hydrated. You should be peeing six to eight times a day. How much are you peeing when you go on a road trip? See, now the problem we go on a road trip is right before we leave, Jim always stops at Wawa for a coffee. So we barely make it like 30 minutes outside of our house before we have to stop because he has to go to the bathroom already. So our family's just kind of used to it now that we're going to be stopping frequently. We do, of course, you know, suggest that everybody use the restroom at the same time so we're not always stopping. But um, use your rest stops for movement breaks and don't be angry when you have to stop. Like peeing is a good thing. It means you're hydrated. Remember, when you are dehydrated, you are more likely to overeat. So if you're looking to stay on track with your health goals, hydration is a really important tip that you want to pay attention to. All right. And let's see here. Oh, I actually realized I have a bonus tip. So tip number 10 is try to incorporate some type of movement into your day some type of intentional movement. So depending on what we're doing, uh, if we're going hiking, biking, paddleboarding, swimming, all that kind of stuff, that will be my activity for the day. If we're kind of doing more sightseeing and hanging out, uh, I will always do like a 10, 15 minute calisthenic workout, either in my hotel room or my Airbnb, wherever we are. And I'll try to do that before anybody wakes up just so that my workout isn't interfering with the day's activity. Um, the great thing about calisthenics is you don't really need any equipment. Like you just need a carpet, right? So whether you're doing some squats or wall sits or push-ups or sit-ups or planks, like those are just really simple things that you don't need any special equipment for, but can really um, keep you in shape keep you feeling good, get some blood flowing, get the endorphins moving. All right. So if you are at a destination, maybe you're at the beach or maybe you're in the Caribbean or, you know, somewhere fun and exotic, then please don't be in your hotel gym. This is just such a pet peeve of mine. Like go out into nature and move outside. Like, let that be your activity. Go for a walk on the beach or do yoga on the beach or hike up a volcano. Like, do those fun things and that can be your activity. It doesn't, exercise doesn't mean hotel gym for an hour. That's a waste of an hour, if you ask me. If you love hotel gyms, please do not let me stop you from having the time of your life. But for me, most of our exercise is done outdoors because I want to spend as much time in that area as possible. All right, bonus tip. I told you I wasn't going to, only going to give you 10, but I'm giving you a bonus. Bonus tip number 11 is remember, whenever you go on vacation, you may have this mindset that when I get back, I'm going to jump right into my healthy habits. All right. But you have to remember that when you return, things are going to be a little bit challenging. 
Just say because you go away for a week, you really are going to go away for two weeks because you'll get home and you may get home on a weekend and then you've got all your laundry to do. You've got all your grocery shopping to do. You may have to pack lunches for the kids to go to camp or something like that. So when you return from vacation, give yourself some extra grace and plan some simple meals. Plan some really, really simple meals that aren't going to stress you out because you've got a lot of things to catch up on after you return. You've probably got, you know, four gazillion emails in your inbox. You probably got, you know, some phone calls to return. You probably, like I said, have a lots and lots of laundry. You may have to clean up some things, get ready for the week, get prepped for work. And so give yourself some extra grace the week after vacation. Don't put a lot of unrealistic expectations on yourself for getting right back to your nutrition habits. You're going to need probably, you know, three to five days of just getting your bearings straight. Is that even the way to say it? I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Getting everything kind of reacclimated. So give yourself some of those really simple meals. Um, Even if you can have a couple things, maybe even in your pantry, like maybe you have some, you know, chickpea pasta or whole wheat pasta and some spaghetti sauce and maybe some frozen shrimp waiting for you. So that way when you get home that first night, You don't even need to run to the grocery store. You already have a weeknight meal um, with some frozen veggies waiting for you that you can just make in about 10 minutes and everybody will be fed while everybody's recovering from, from the trip. So those are my tips. Let's get you your recipe and then we will sign off. So this week's recipe is an apple cinnamon baked oatmeal muffin. So these are great for taking on a road trip. They're great for making ahead of time and saving for breakfast in the morning. For this recipe, you're going to need three cups of old-fashioned oats, one and a half cup of milk, two eggs, a teaspoon of vanilla, a half a cup of agave nectar, one teaspoon of cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of nutmeg, two teaspoons of baking powder, three Granny Smith apples diced, and a cup of raisins that is optional. So guys, these are really simple to make. Uh, In a large bowl, you're going to combine the milk, eggs, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. You're going to stir that together. And next, you're going to add the agave nectar, baking powder, and oats. And then go ahead and give that another stir. Finally, you're going to fold in the apples and the raisins if using. Go ahead and spray out a muffin tin really well, uh, or alternatively, you could line them with those little cups. And go ahead and fill to the top. You're going to bake at 350 for 25 minutes or until the muffin is baked through. So check with a toothpick. As long as it comes out clean, you're in good shape. And that's your recipe. So there you have it. I hope you have a fantastic summer. You're enjoying that warm weather like I am. And um, I hope you have a fantastic week. If you're going on vacation, have a great time. I can't wait to hear about how, uh, how well you did and all the, eating, all the eating tips that you may have followed along the way. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.